listen, word on the street is you've all been good. So we're going to forego our normal crew of bullshit for a bona fide celebrity. That's right. It's Brant Tobler Day on This Ain't Iowa, Volume 2. everybody welcome back to the show uh thanks for uh thanks for not uh, uh deleting the uh deleting the show from your feed just because we took last week off i promise we're going to make it up to you today tony uh i know that you are always excited on brant tobler day of course i'm excited on brant tobler day it's nice to have a nice person with a nice fluffy beard on the podcast <laughs> with me it's always fucking beard related with you. And uh, let's just get to it. Brant, first of all, how's it going, buddy? Welcome back. You yeah. look amazing. Thank you. That's not true, but I appreciate that. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, always. It's always good to be back. It's good to see you guys. So um, thanks for having me. But um, yeah, everything's good. Um, I'm tired. I'm old. Uh, but other than that, I'm really sitting right in with this I'm podcast. Old. Yeah, you're nailing yeah. it. Yeah, for our for our clientele, you're really you're really hitting it out of the ballpark. Oh, okay, uh, good. Yeah, I'm I'm with you then. I don't know. I uh, I'm just tired today. I got a show tonight, and I'm like, oh, I got to go do the show. But uh, no, overall, I'm good. Everything's good. You know. Let's uh, I'll, l- 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 then let's get right back into it. So we don't uh, we don't we don't hold you up too much. I first of all, I I want to talk some comedy with you because there's just been a lot of stuff that uh, I've wanted to kind of chat with another comic about, but. Uh, I want to begin by saying one of the things, if, if you don't follow uh, Brant on socials, and I'm sure most of our fan base does, but if you don't, you really need to, because in addition to just like finding out what he's up to and good comedy content, uh, there's also great just hooligan content, like like low risk hooligan content. I was fucking enthralled last weekend uh, following your saga of stealing the inflatable Lombardi trophy from the stratosphere, where, by the way, you were performing and staying, but you still decided to record your your like lightweight larceny from the casino floor. No, you know, I, it wasn't from the it was from my old stomping grounds at Imperial Palace. Oh, but it's even so, better. It's so funny you say that because uh, the the next morning when I woke up, I got, I got a message from the comedy club owners from, from the boy Matt. He goes, "You didn't steal that from this hotel, did you?" I was like, "Ah, oh, no, I got it from down the down the street." So, yeah, I was just, I don't know what got into me. I was it's just like it, I think just being back in the Imperial Palace because that's where the shenanigans began. That's like where my roulette ball story is. Yeah, and I was just drunk and I was walking back and um. If you, those of you that watched it, I posted a video. It was just kind of glistering. They yeah. had a big play, and it was just as I was walking by, it just called my name, and I was like, "I, I need that trophy." So, uh, 
for those for those who might not have seen it, essentially, it, it is it is not only is it is entertaining to watch, but it also gives this brilliant glimpse into like you as a person because you saw this inflatable Lombardi Trophy at Super Bowl weekend, and you just clearly have become obsessed with it. Like yeah. you need it, and you're posting like it's it's just watching this man like just just go down and down this rabbit hole until it gets to the point where you're like I gotta fucking find it. I gotta have this thing, and uh, and it just shows the entire process of you seeing it desiring it and then acquiring it and it's amazing i have no idea what came over me honestly i I just saw it i mean it's like three in the morning and i saw it and then i was like well i don't know i just was like i want it and then i looked around and then there was like security right by me but they were messing with other stuff and then so i went into the gift shop and i was like i go into the gift shop and i was like hey do you have scissors and she's like yeah and they're like, I go, how much is scissors? And then she went to look, and she's like, they're like seventeen dollars. I was like, oh, fuck out of here. <laughs> then I just looked over. To, so, oh, to set it up, so I went to try to just steal it on its own. I was like, okay. I looked around, I scoped it. I was like, I'm taking this trophy because it's a big trophy. It's yeah. about it's probably about three feet tall. It's like the size of the actual Lombardi trophy. But the problem was the ball was not connected to the base, so it's two pieces. So when I went over to steal it, I go to grab it and walk off, but it's attached to a string. So then I was like, "Oh, I gotta get, I gotta cut this string." So then I went to the gift shop and uh, and then they said scissors are seventeen dollars, and I was like, "Well, I don't need scissors. I'll just steal these nail clippers." So then I just used nail clippers to go cut the string, and it worked. Uh, it ended yeah. up uh, it ended up working great. Um, and but- then I just. Took it right down the strip, and people would come up and ask if they could take a picture with it. I said, of course, that's the people's trophy. And uh, <laughs> I, I let people – I walked from the Imperial Palace all the way to the win, but then I was just exhausted from taking pictures and talking to people that I – and I took a lift back to my hotel. And then, uh, and then the next day, I had to go to a wedding, and I didn't have a date, so I brought the Lombardi trophy with me to the wedding. <laughs> now, how big was this inflatable trophy? Are it was bigger than you think it would life be. Life size? Oh, yeah. Are we talking? Doesn't fit in the least. I think it was bigger than the actual trophy because definitely I was, I was drunk and then I got home and I just went to sleep and then I woke up and it was by, it was bigger than my TV and I woke up I was like what the fuck is I go oh my god I stole that trophy lap I, I stole it. <laughs> oh, that's great. I like, I like the yeah. Lombardi trophy in my bedroom. Uh, now, of course, you know one of the things that you've become known for over the years is sneaking into different sporting events, and the Holy Grail is the Super Bowl. And I know that you had eyed it up; you were going to be in town, uh, but it is no easy feat. Did you try? Did you succeed? Where did we land on the Super Bowl? I, I hate to be. I, I think I prefaced this early by saying how old I am. I. Uh, you know, when I booked it, I thought about it. I was like, it all, the worlds are, the worlds are colliding. This is perfect. And then, right. um, so I thought about it throughout the week. And the other bad part was everybody came up to me and asked me how to sneak in right. at every night, <laughs> every night fan. And I was yeah. like, ah, you don't want to try to sneak in if it's your team, because there's a good chance you're not going to get in. You won't get to watch your team. Right. So as it got closer, I was just, I, I mean, that was day seven of, of Vegas, and uh, I was just out of gas. And I, to be honest, I didn't really care about the game. Yeah, which makes more sense for sneaking in. I should have. I should have really tried it because I had 
just for the content wise, but uh, I think stealing that trophy kind of got that me was good. Yeah, but I agree. I, but I wish I would. Uh, now I say that, but it, it was just like um, I would just be in a pussy, honestly, because it, it was just if I was doing the MGM, I might have tried it. Mm-hmm. So just for preference, like the strat is about as far away from the yeah, stadium. So if I wouldn't, because I also had to do the show that night. I had a show at eight o'clock, so which was a disaster. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to do it. Super Bowl Sunday. Notoriously, is yeah. the worst. Every every finally, like I uh, I used to I used to work. You know uh, the the different clubs that I used to work. They would always like defiantly like try to do a show on Super yeah. Bowl Sunday. I even had. A, uh, a club once tried to do a show, like a noon show on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, and then thinking like you could go home or maybe even like hang out in our bar and watch Super Bowl. It never works. It doesn't. Yeah. It, you you just can't. It, let that be its own thing. Just fucking get out of the way. So I was just tired, and I drank all six nights. I was just hung over, and then it, it just the the timing. It just was just too far because it would have been. I mean, probably like a hundred dollar Uber and then to try to leave and get back to the show, which is yeah. funny. Cause in the show, there's maybe like 18 people at the show. It was a train wreck. And I've never done this before. I was exhausted. I, I drank all day during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I've never done that thing where you tell a joke early in the set. And then I tried to tell it again. I, I started, I started it now, shit. <laughs> and they go, we already heard this joke. Like they all together just started saying, Hey, we already heard like raise their hand, like kids in class. Hey, we already heard this. And I was like, I'm tired guys. I'm out of here. And, and they, la- I, they laughed it off at me. It was like the perfect closer. Cause I was just like, sorry guys, I'm drunk. I'm tired. I'm, I, I can't go anymore. I'm out. And they just gave me applause and I left, but I've That's never great. done that. And I couldn't, That's I've great. always heard comics tell a story. And then having it happen, just seeing their faces, and they, they like they were raising their hands, like, oh, "Hey, wait, we know this one already." I was like, "Oh, this is embarrassing." <laughs> what, Lucky what, to get me before the show. That's actually better than what the, my my version of it. And I and I'm a guy that like I'm so neurotic. Like I never, I would never drink before a show. I like I, I my fear was always like to get on stage drunk and not like <laughs> feel like I had a good handle on it. In fact, I remember asking you one time when we were doing awkward silence together. I'm like, "You ever performed drunk?" And you just like laughed in my face. You're like, "Yeah, yeah, I performed drunk," uh, but I never did. And then I I got drunk one time with a listener. We were trying to do this thing called the Diamond Lounge Challenge, where we went to all the Harris properties and had a had a oh, shot yeah. and a drink. And then I had a show that night. This is back when LA Comedy Club was at uh, the Four Queens, uh, and I was shit faced. And what I did was I set up a joke and then told the punchline to a different joke, got no laughs, obviously, because it made no sense, but then tried to circle back and do the setup for that joke. And then the same punchline that I had already delivered. It's just a fucking nightmare. Uh, I think I I met up with you that day, maybe when you were doing. You might have. That that sparks a memory of, I remember what a great idea that was. Because I used to have a big. Those idiots gave me a diamond card first. I, I tricked them yeah. for a while. I had a diamond card. Then it was like free booze and these free rooms. And then amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I fucked that up. You're not supposed to bring an entourage, but I was like, <laughs> "Come on, guys! I got this stupid card. Let's go." <laughs> I'm pretty sure this means we can party here forever. Yeah, it's on. There's no rules. 
I, uh, you know, I, even though you didn't sneak into the, uh, and you've talked about like your methods of sneaking into different sporting events. And I have to say, even though I've never done it to the scale that you've done it, I have taken the principles that you taught me and used it on a smaller scale. Like granted it was like, you know, the fucking, uh, the wallflowers concert at the stratosphere, but still like what I learned from you is that like 90% of it is if you just act like you're supposed to be where you are, like you walk in with confidence, like, yeah, no, this is fine. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That gets you there 90% of the way. (laughs) Like it's ridiculous. No one wants to, if, if you're walking with confidence, no one wants to interrupt you. They just assume you're, you're supposed to be there. Yeah. It's something you hear people say it all the time. And, and, uh, but then when you have to, you got to just talk yourself into really, you got to believe it. But it's hard to believe it because there's like that imposter syndrome. Because it's a lie. Right? <laughs> it's also yeah, a lie. So. <laughs> I think, I mean, I'm, I've gotten good at it, but I still don't believe, you know, I'm still, I'm never scared. That's the other thing I was explaining to people. They were like, people are calling me. They're like, hey, I have a criminal record. Like, I don't have a criminal <laughs> record, so it's okay if I sneak in, if I get in. I go, you're not going to get in trouble. They're That's not going to call thing. the police. It's a, it's a, the Super Bowl. They're just gonna say, "Hey, man, get out of here," you know. And right. people, when I put, when I saw that trophy, I got so many messages. Like, I woke up to like a hundred messages. Most of them were like from like you and regular people. Like, oh, so funny. That was great. Some people were yeah. like, "Are you gonna take it back?" I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Am I gonna get arrested for this? Yeah. They're like, "Why didn't they stop you?" I go, what, "How are they gonna stop me?" I. Because it was right by the doors. I just took right. it. I walked out. I was out of the property in 10 seconds into a new property. Right. Like, people don't understand. Like, I don't know. If I stole something from the mall and then I went to Target and then I went to Ace Hardware, they can't come. Like, <laughs> that, right. and again, they have better stuff to worry about. Again, like, if I, I'm 46-year-old, should I be stealing shit? No, of course not. But <laughs> it's, like, harmless, you know? Like, it's yeah. people are like, I'm sure some people are like, I wake up dreading like Brad Garrett saw or someone. I'm just like, oh fuck, these people that I respect are like this idiot. So yeah, I just, I just worry about who saw it. And I just, I think some of my friends that I respect are just like this idiot. All he talks about is wanting to be a dad. There's no way he should be a dad. He's a fucking, he's stealing. He's an idiot. He stole toenail clippers and a inflatable trophy. I think, I think maybe, I think there's a reason I, I can't get hard. I thought it was my testosterone. I think it's God. I think it's God thing. You know what? Let's just take this, 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 let's come up with another goal. It's God, it's a, well, I'm not a religious guy, but it might be God's way of saying like, you don't yeah, need I'm to procreate. Let me, let me attack your dick. Yeah, um, I, I haven't worn a condom in two decades, and I and all I want to do is be a dad, and I'm still just. So I think he's just like, you know what? You have your incredible trophies and your little stories. Well, you can maybe be an uncle or something. That's that's so much better than the first version that we just recorded. All right, uh, let's. I, I've had a list of like some comedy stuff I've really wanted to talk yeah. to you about. So let's get into it. First of all, the last time you were here, there there were a lot of great, just like perfect takeaways i think one of my uh my, my two favorite lines the first one was tom segura is funnier than me but he's not nine porsches funnier than me that might have been that would have been my favorite line uh but but it also just kind of like a led into this this thing that's been really kicking around my head the past couple months and that's just sort of like the money and comedy in which like we we live in a weird time where there are more comics making really good money than at any other point in history, right? 
Like, when I grew up, the only, like, really super successful comics were, like, guys that had sitcoms or, you know, something like that. Like, you know, there weren't specials everywhere. Like, you had to be, uh, you know, good at something else to really make real successful money. Now, there are a lot of comics making a lot of really good money, but there is a weird backslide to that, which is that sort of regular, like, when I was starting out, road headliner was, like, a job like you know guys that you never heard of but they could make a decent living out on the road and right now i feel like that's who got squeezed out so yeah there's more comics making good money but then there's a huge gap of people making no money or a tiny bit of money like it's almost impossible just to make a decent living if if you're not one of these you know these guys yeah the journeyman comic that I mean, you're exactly right. And the thing was, they work so hard on their craft. Yeah. Like, I have, a, I have a couple friends that are just incredible comics, but they are just shitty podcast guests. And mm -hmm. it's just a podcast world. I tell young comics, I go, you should work on your stories for podcasts as much as you work on your jokes. Because you're not wrong, yeah. It's the only way to build an audience and, like, I mean, no one's going to watch your whole set. You just have to clip it up and, like, you want to know, I'll tell you a crazy Iowa story since we were in Iowa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a little inside comedy. So I was with Jeff. Me and Jeff died. We did Nebraska and Iowa because our, our careers are going great. Well, his career <laughs> is actually going good because he left there and he went and did Rogan's podcast. But, yeah. Um, so we did a show in Des Moines, Iowa, at this new club. I, I forget what it's called, but it's just, like, a little club. And then – and then – you know, hot chicks always come to see Jeff. Sure. And after the show, I was selling my books, you know, which is great. I have a, I, I had a new strategy. I used to pitch it like, hey, I worked hard on this book. It's about my gambling, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I would just be like, now I just say how shitty I'm getting paid. So like in Norfolk, Nebraska, which was seven hours from my house, I just go, hey, I, I could pitch this book. It's great. It's going to be a movie. It's in the, it's, it's, it's bestseller, blah, blah, blah. But here's what I'm telling you guys. I get paid a hundred dollars. I drove seven hours to yeah. do this for a hundred fucking dollars. So go buy my book after the show, right? And they That's uh, brilliant. And they buy it. I sold out of my books. And in, in Des Moines, I was only get fifty bucks on it, or maybe a hundred. I don't know. But I was like, hey, I have a nine-hour drive home tomorrow. I fucking came to this shithole town to perform for you guys for fifty dollars. Buy my book, right? So after the show this girl comes up and she's smoking hot, like uh, cougar hot, you know, like 40, yeah, sure. 44, 45. And Jeff yeah. had another girl at the show that's just gorgeous. So this girl comes over to me and she goes, hey, I want to buy a book. And I was like, okay, of course, you know. And um, she goes, how much are your books? I go, 20 bucks. So she pulls out this wad of money. And there, I see 20s and 1s and 5s, you know, just like girl mm -hmm. bottom of the purse money, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. So then, she, But then she reaches into another part of her purse. She pulls out a crisp $100 bill. She goes, here you go. This is for the book. And I was like, thank you. Amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. He's like, will you sign it? I go, yeah, of course. So then I sign it. I go, what do you want me to sign? And then she says, will you sign Do They Still Squeak? And I mm -hmm. go, yeah, of course. And in my head, I was like, it's got to be a titty joke or something, right? <laughs> right. So I, so I sign Do They Still Squeak? And then she says, do you know what that means? And I go, no, I don't know. She goes, oh, you don't know what, what, what that is? And I go, no. She goes, I'm the girl from the Matt Rife video. So if you remember, Matt Rife did like a, he did a video, a crowd work video. The first crowd work video that really blew him up was in Iowa. And this hot chick made him cookies. And then he talked to her from the crowd and then called her daughter. She has a super hot daughter. 
and her daughter was on OnlyFans. So then I'm talking to her about her daughter being on OnlyFans, and then she says, I got on OnlyFans. I was like, you're on OnlyFans? I, she's like, yeah. I go, let me see. Let me see what you got. And then she shows me her pictures on OnlyFans, right? No nudity, only bathing suits. I see probably 20 different pictures of just bathing suits. I go, mm-hmm. How, I go how's OnlyFans going for you? She goes, look, I'll show you. She was drunk, so she sh- I shouldn't be telling all this, but whatever. It's but, so she So she shows me. She goes, I started last March. So we did this. in. I, this was the end of January. She goes, I started last March. She shows me her OnlyFans. She had made $1.4 million. Get the fuck out of here. Just bathing suits? Just bathing suits because she was in a fucking crowd work Matt video Wright. by Matt Rife. So Matt Rife, she went to a fucking comedy club, sat close enough, Matt Rife talked to her. From that, that video went viral. She got an OnlyFans, didn't even get naked, and is a millionaire. Not, not even a year. Not even a year. She made one point four million dollars. That's said, the most frustrating here. thing I've ever heard said, in my you know life. What? Now my book costs five hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking. I actually want to circle back to that. To that. But it was wild. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. But uh, real quick, let me just let me just go back before I forget this thread. Uh, one of the things that was really kind of sticking in my head, again, along these same lines of like how there's these guys and like, you know, comics that would normally be just like club headliners are now like theater comics. Yeah. And uh, like, I, I just, so they opened a new uh, club not too far from my house at Town Square, Wise Guys, right, yeah. which is a chain, but they opened it at Town Square. And it's uh, it's like a 300 seat club it's in a strip mall like this is the kind of club that i would work when i was touring right that this was my bread and butter like yeah. i was never an a-list room guy i was never going to be a theater guy but i could work b and c-list rooms if you're in a strip mall you seat about two to three hundred like that was my fucking wheelhouse now these clubs like the headliners are only two kinds of people right they're either like uh social media like stars right like fucking marshawn lynch headline there beast yeah. mode i mean he's great and i think like i actually think he's funny i've seen him on stuff but i don't know that i would call him a headlining comedian right and then also like i'm going to the club this weekend to see dave attell you know one of the 10 greatest comics of all time so yeah. like it seems like that's who's headlining these like these clubs they're, they're either social media sensations or fucking stone cold legends that just haven't progressed with the times so where, where does that leave guys like you who are just like super solid uh you know hilarious comedians but don't necessarily may have like the following that some of these other people do you just i mean you're just fucked you really <laughs> okay are, yeah. you just are really contemplating quitting every day i mean i never you no one ever quits i mean obviously right. you can't quit i did <laughs> but others, others you'll don't. still you'll still do it again i mean no one actually I will, i'll do quit. it i still do it sometimes but you're yeah. right no one, yeah, no one quits quit. quits yeah you're um right. uh, it's just frustrating you just um i think the thing is when you're like at my level you just see the bigger level and you know you're i mean i'm one podcast away from being cha- life-changing and I at least have that, you know, like I think one day I'll get Rogan. The fact like my best friend just did it. And now he like, I'm all, I'm, I'm now I'm one degree from him yeah. five six different ways, but for like, 
And that really is all it takes, right? Like yeah. that that's the weird like we, we like the guys that we had idolized when we were coming up, like uh, you know, they did one fucking Carson, right? One Johnny yeah. Carson, and then they became a huge celebrities. That doesn't exist anymore. You can't do Conan or well, Conan's gone, but you can't, you know, you can't do Fallon or fucking Colbert, and then you're suddenly a household name anymore. Yeah. But you could do fucking Rogan, and the next yeah. day you have a half a million fans. You did, I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's it's wild. He's he's the kingmaker. It's really up to him. If you see anybody selling tickets, they're from the Rogan tree. I mean, it's true. And and because you can actually build a monster fan base. Because even let's say you did Carson back then, different times. You do five minutes. You do Rogan. You get to you get to present yourself to like 11 to 12 million people for three hours. Like yeah, the Tonight Show's true. My buddy was on the Tonight Show the other day, a local guy, Derek Stroop, very funny guy here in Denver, and we all went to watch it at a bar, all the the Comedy Works staff and the comedians, we all like him, we're rooting for him, and then they're like, my dumbass friends are like, man, tomorrow's going to be different for him. I go, absolutely it's not. not. It's 100% not. not. No one it's, saw it. It's just yeah. going on a poster. I go, we... I go, how, when do you ever watch Tonight Show? Never. I go, we came to a bar. We didn't know what channel it was on. We didn't know the, we didn't know, we're comedians. I said, we don't even, I go, it's not going to change a fucking thing. It's all podcasts, but it's like, so that's the kind, or or just clips. I mean, one clip could go viral and then you could, you know, so I I made a special that should be out uh, maybe next week. So I, 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 I filmed a special. Yeah. It's, just, it's called Suits and Stories. I did five. I did my five best stories, like the roulette ball, the porn star, all the stories I've told on here. Try, course, not trying to kill my dad. Kind of changed suits. I did different suits, and then after that, so I did the video, and then after the video, I do a little small interview where I explain what happens after. So mm. we presented as special to be presented in individual stories. So I mean. It, these my stories are just as good as I mean, like the machine story is great, machine story is great, tater salad's great, and then my my mafia story is a fucking is a bronze. It's a it's, better well, it's also it, a better story. I mean, it's like it's your just stories, right. yeah, your stories are, are right across there. the board. So, yeah, yeah. If I wasn't a broke fuck, I would just hire like a publicist, and it's got enough. I, I I need to just reach out to people and say, hey, just write an article and say, hey, is this story better than the machine story? Everyone knows that, you know, and I, I don't want to compete with Bert, but like, just get, I, I think it's got enough clickbait to be like, all right, let's watch this story. But if you watch that story, then, you know, but then like, so then Jeff could repost it and then Joe watches it and then, you know, like, on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I'm writing a bit right now that sounds kind of like pandering to Joe. I mean, I guess it technically kind of is, but I, I hate, there's a bunch of like, I don't, I don't vote. I don't care about politics at all. I think it ruins comedy. I have a great joke about, I'm not going to do jokes, but anyway, I I don't, I'm trying to sing on stage though, but I hate, I go, I'm like, all I know about comedy, all I know about politics is that Joe Rogan, is a fucking idiot and he doesn't know anything about anything. And he just talks shit with a bunch of his comedian friends. And then the dumb cow will clap and I'll go, you know why I know that? Because I love Joe Rogan. And he says it every fucking episode. He goes, I'm an idiot that doesn't know anything. I'm just talking shit with my friends. Yeah. I'm like, you fucking dorks that are so mad at Joe Rogan. I was like, he, what he, what's he, he does an ice bath and he plays with his dog. He eats a steak and now he's ruining America. Exactly. Like, right. Joe's yeah. the problem. You're right. But it's okay. Joe, Joe Biden. 
I go, Joe Biden is going to get smoked. You guys, he's going to get killed. And I won't do a whole bit, but it, it's a little pandering to Joe. But I just get so tired of these fucking liberal comics here in Denver that they'll just post shit like, Joe Rogan's what's wrong with America. I go, you're letting a fucking podcast host, MMA announcing, elk hunting stand-up comedian live in your head. You're a fucking dork. Like, here's the thing. You should never hate a podcast host. Here's how podcasts go. If or a comedian. Like I, I feel yeah. that way well, about comedians across the board, but you're yeah. right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You you like it and you listen to it, or if you don't like it, you just don't listen to it. How, how, why would you ever hate one? A if million you, percent. You hate you hated podcasts. Oh, so that's impossible. You just don't listen. There's I, I've listened to podcasts. I didn't like it. And then you know what? I just never listened to it again. I don't spend every day going, I fucking hate Pam and the girl from the office because they said Scranton – Pennsylvania is better than Cheyenne. Wyoming. Like I don't know what I've had no analogy, but you know what I mean. I'm just like, <laughs> but then it's like a real bit that I wrote just from frustration because I I hate these. A lot of people here just say Joe's stupid. I'm like, well, he's a comedian. First of all, comedians shouldn't bash other comedians. I don't I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But then maybe this bit will get under his. He'll see it and then he'll <laughs> because I'm I'm built for the podcast. That's the thing. You're, I've, you're I've, so I've, and have been by the way. You've been fucking bulletproof, built yeah. for podcasts before podcasts were even what podcasts are now. You're you're fucking ready to, yeah. to annihilate a huge podcast. I agree. Yeah. So I don't. I wouldn't be scared. I'd be like, oh, here we go. I mean, here we mm-hmm. go. Like Jeff was scared, and I don't blame him. I mean, it's 11 million people. You know. I think about it a lot. Like when I walk, I walk around the stadium by my house, the Bronco stadium. I think it holds 77,000 people. Right. And a lot of times I'm listening to Joe and I'll just pretend like he's talking to me and I'll in my head, answer the questions like I'm the guest. But then mm-hmm. I broke it down one time. I'm like, to be on that podcast would be like selling out Bronco Stadium like 150 days in a row. I mean, that's the truth. I, I mean, that's the reality. That's how many people listen to him. You're not wrong. So it's just like that's the key, that's the thing. So just knowing, but like for my best, one of my best friends, Andrew Slater, incredible comedian. I think yeah, one of the best great. writers in the world. Mm-hmm. Just an amazing person. Came from a perfect family. Has a wife and a kid. He, he mows his yard. He fucking paints his fence. What does he do? Yeah. You know, he has to hope for me to then right. bring him kind of like how Nate Bragazzi's doing it right now. If you see Nate Bragazzi, he's taking every boring, clean comic and yeah. like give him hope with no <laughs> offense. It's, it's just boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for Andrew, I mean, and Andrew knows it. Andrew's like, yo, call Tom. Let's make this shit happen. I'm like, right. Dude, I- he needs you. Yeah. He, and he's a yeah. great comic. I, I know Andrew a little bit. Uh, through you and uh but you're exactly right he's a great comic but he needs a guy like you that has a different angle because he's not a he would not be a great joe rogan guest you would be so he needs you to fucking get in there and bring him along and that's essentially what comedy that's what the comedy industry is like if you look at it if you look at the guys that are selling out theaters they're not funnier by the way than you or any like you know i could i could name you know dozens of comics that are, you know, funnier than, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not bashing Chris Stefano. Like I like Chris Stefano, but I know, I know a hundred comics funnier than him, but, but he's not, you know, they, they don't have, he's great on, he is better on podcasts than he is on stage as are, by the way, most of the comics that are making a ton of money right now. You're a hundred percent right. Like you're, you're, you are, your, your vision is correct. And that's just where we yeah. are right now. 
And I think, you know what that is, is they make so much money on the podcast. I mean, that's their real job. Stand-up becomes their right. second job or their third job, maybe behind their fucking podcast merch. What's wild is you guys were the start of it. You guys should, you were the, <laughs> don't you talk were the about ones it. just supposed to fucking get me out it's of gonna, this hole. It's going to hurt my feelings. Don't talk about it. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, I I want to uh, I wanted to mention uh, real quick because you you brought up crowd work. This is a uh, this is another big thing, right? It's obviously social media, and this is uh, you know if if I go through the laundry list of reasons why like things didn't go better for me, social media is definitely on that list. I didn't I was born just a little bit too late for it. Like I my idols were all like guys down here that just wrote jokes and then somehow figured it out, and then I you know uh, and and I never kind of caught that wave. Um, but, uh, there's a weird thing on social media now where, you know, talking about Matt Reif, where crowd work has become this is the thing, right? You put it on social media. Number one, people respond to it. Number two, you don't burn any material. If you put your crowd work on social media, you're not burning your material. So that has become the thing as uh, as a dude who's out there every single night doing it. Have you felt the effects of that? Like, do you now feel like audiences are ex- like, feel like they can talk to you or are expecting you to do crowd work? Um, I mean, it just depends on the club. It just depends how the club polices it. And I think that, I mean, it's the same shit that you dealt with. The crowd work is still, it's the same fucking dummies that are like, then you'll do crowd work on them, and then after the show, they'll be like, you're welcome. Like, you're welcome. Uh, fuck you. Oh, that's my least favorite thing ever. So, I mean, you do it. But, again, this is how – this is why these guys are so rich. It's just rich get richer. So then you you get rich, and all these guys, they also suck at social media. But you know what they do? They all fucking hire people. Right. So, for instance, like Ian Baggs, like one of my favorite comics. Every time he came Ian. to Denver, I got to open for him. This mm-hmm. last time, he brought his fucking camera guys the opener, his middles the editor, <laughs> fucking can plow through crowd work. They go uh, to their hotel room, make his right. clips, or like Jeff, everyone, social media is so great when you don't have to do anything. So right. now you just, you, you film every set, and then you just send that to some fucking computer nerd that, that the shit's easy for him, and then you, and then he puts out clips, or I if I had money... I would take this and then I would just clip it up. I'd say, Hey, watch this. And then you, you if you can find a guy that has kind of good taste and then he'll go, okay, here's the clips I, I got from your episode of this is in Iowa. And then he'll send them to me and I'd go, yeah, that's great. And then I yeah. go, here's funny. And then, and then he posts <laughs> them at whatever fucking algorithm time and right. you just get to fucking live your life and just have your numbers go up. But you're not doing the, you know, for me, I got it, it, it. It's just, it's all money, man. It's it's all money. It, it's like, I've, I've thought about just taking out like an investor to sell my, I mean, like, if, first of all, God, again, he let me win 75,000. Mm-hmm. And then I fucking, every dickhead in the world's like, you got to put it in the stock market, protect your money, whatever, fuck that. <laughs> I lose all my money, Shit. lose all my fiance. And then I have to take out the little, it's, it's just like. Yeah, I could just win seventy five thousand again, which is crazy to say because no one, I'm I'm the luckiest motherfucker to win seventy five thousand once. I but agree. I, damn, if I won seventy five thousand this time, I, I, I'm like an athlete that I had my rookie contract. I was like, hey man, could I just get seventy five thousand again? But the thing <laughs> is, I promise I won't screw it up this time. <laughs> but the thing is, I could, 
easily do it. So let's say I call Tom. I, I, I sometimes this is crazy. I tell you guys this. This is how no, crazy I'm in my head. I, I hope this is okay. Yeah. But yeah. in my head, I'm like, if I could just get some fucking chick pregnant, any chick, because all <laughs> I want to do is be a dad. Then sure. I have a kid on the way. Then I could call Tom. He has. He's a dad. I go, hey Tom, I fucking I got like a thousand dollars to my name. I got a baby on the way. I need to come do the podcast. I'll nail it. I have the best stories. Then at the end, if you could just push the book, you know, I, he probably gets 2 million downloads. Right. And if mm-hmm. he really made a push, like, Hey, this fucking retard has a kid on the way. He, mm-hmm. he, he can't beat a kid ramen. Uh, I'm going to put a golden ticket in the book. One of you fans that gets this will get an all access backstage, something that would cost Tom nothing. Right? Zero dollars. Exactly. And right. then, and then, Let's say on the small section, I fucking sell 20000 out of $2 million, which I think is possible to do if you sure. hear me pitch my story for two hours. Mm-hmm. And then let's say I make you know $16 on average on a book if I do it all myself, sign it and send it. And then so $16 times 20000 I mean, that's like I'd make $320,000 in a day. Right. In a fucking day, so that's why I don't kill myself or quit because that the the, the carrot is out there and I could get it. It's close, but that was just- my big yeah. That was my big question for you is like you know when when you see everything that's going on because you know you're you're at that you know you and I are the same age so you know you're you're in it. I'm not like you know you and I have taken those those two different paths. Like what what keeps you? But that's it. Like you yeah. you have that confidence knowing that if you could just grab that fucking golden carrot everything would fall into place after that you just need it it's just it's just it's generic but just i just got to keep going because i just got to keep going it's there it's close i know i can i know i'm one podcast away and then it's just a circle jerk anyway all those guys just they only interview each other if they had any sense they'd let me get in the circle for like a month because I have a million stories that no one's ever heard. These guys are all just telling the same stories over and over. Or they're million, just, I totally agree. A million They're not percent. relatable. So if I could just hit the scene running, let's say I did Tom's, boom, I nail it. Then I'll go do, I still have a little relationship with Barstool. I, I make the Barstool fucking run there. Then I go do, let's say, even Theo's or Santino's. If I, and then I take those and then just clip the shit out of them. And then you would be like, you guys would be like, you want to have Brand on? You both would be like, man, I'm so fucking tired of seeing Brad's stupid face on Instagram <laughs> everywhere. This is relax. We've we've heard enough of Brad. But I'd be fucking rich. I'd say, hey, fuck your podcast. I'll call you guys to Iowa. Let's go eat dinner in Iowa. Let's do it. I fucking a million percent. What? I'm, I'm not going to ask you to tell it, but I might ask you to tell it later. If you had to like pinpoint your, I mean, listen, you have been so generous. You have told every story that's going to make you famous in the next like two to three years. You have you have shared with us first, and it's I, I I'm just like super honored. And anytime I've ever asked, you yeah. always come straight on, and I'm so hey, appreciative. But first one, you're the first one to fuck with me. I, I appreciate it. If you had to like say in your mind what what is the signature story? Don't tell the story, but just tell me what you think it is. Is it is it the the Jamba Juice? Is it Mike Tyson? Is it the Roulette Ball? Is it like what uh, what would you say? This is this is my if I could tell one. If Rogan said you can come on and tell one, what would what's your story? Well, I'd probably tell. I mean, the Tyson one was so great, right? Yeah, the Tyson yeah. one was the king story. And then it just got counterfeited because when they made the fucking documentary, when they, no, when they made the Hangover, 
Oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just it's just a fat white comedian with a beard that breaks into my – I mean, it's totally – Ruin that story because that story was like that story was the main one, and people wouldn't believe it if I didn't have the documentation to show that I was there. Right? One of my, one of my favorite. I'm sorry, real quick. One of my favorite yeah. things that ever happened when you and I were doing awkward silence was when you asked Tom Segura if he grew a beard because Zach was growing a beard, and you felt like the comedy was going the beard way, the beard route. That was one of my wow, favorite things that's ever happened. Wow, I wish so we good. had those videos. It was wow. so good. anyway. I'm sorry. So, yes, yeah, so you, you kind of um, got counterfeited on Tyson. So what do you think it is? So, I mean, the dad one did great on – I mean, it's over 5 million views. That one is the one I worked the hardest on. And getting that was um, – you know, getting that was so – I was I, – I went through a lot to get that. And when I finally got it, it was very special. So that one mm-hmm. – but to me, the, mal- I mean, the roulette ball was the first one I probably told long form on stage. So that one was special. Right. But to me, the Malfia one's the best because it has uh, – it's just a fucking great story. And then the porn star one, you know, is great. So the porn star one's on this special too, which is wild because there's a there's a dude – well, I, 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 it's going to be on a special anyway, but there's a comedian named Gareth Reynolds who has like Gareth, a yeah. – has a monster podcast now and shit. Yeah. But yeah. in the podcast, he's the guy in the bunny suit that that like fucks the gross chick and was like, "Get out of here! I didn't know that. Are you serious?" So the world's gonna know that because I tell the story about the bunny suit and fucking the gross chick in the gay bar. And I then, remember. And then after the story and the thing, I go, "That I, I'm just gonna say I'll tell." Or I think I tease it. I go, "If you reach out to me, I'll tell you who the porn star is. I'll tell, or maybe I don't know. I gotta watch it. But um, <laughs> the porn star one is great. I mean, that one works on stage too." I agree. I mean, they're all great, you know, like, they're all, if I work, I have a story now I'm telling that is so fucking good. It's not, it's, uh, it's, it, it didn't all happen, but it, you know how, you know how comedy is. It of came course, from you got it. Yeah. See, so, we'll, 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 real quick, if I, if I, yeah. if I ask you to hold it, will you, will you share it with us as we're heading out? Yeah. The one you're working on. I'll tell, I'll tell it. I mean, I'll tell I don't want, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to sink like yeah, anything going on on your special or anything like that. But no, if you've no, got a new thing you've been working on, okay, perfect. Save, save it. I want. I want to close the show with it because your your stories yeah. are the best. I just have two real quick things I want to talk about, and then I want to get into. It. Oh, do well. Do we know about the? Do we know about the special yet? Where it's going to be or or not yet? It'll be on YouTube. Okay, so perfect. It'll, it'll be on YouTube. The clips will. The teasers will come out like uh, this week, hopefully, and then. Um, Again, this this is my life. This shit should have been out years ago, but I'm I'm I have to. I paid for the whole thing myself, and then I'm my friends are volunteering, editing, clipping it. Yeah. If I was rich, the shit I would. Uh, it would have been out a year yeah. ago. Yeah, I know how that goes. Hopefully, it'll be out uh, next week. It'll just be on YouTube, and then, uh, like I said, it'll be the whole special. It's like fifty-five minutes, and then it's clipped into five. Each story, I'm in a different suit, and each story is. Uh, has a like a aftermath, uh, which I've never seen anybody do. Because so think, good. So we'll what see a how. Fucking that great idea, dude. I, we'll, we'll obviously we'll promote the shit out of it. I want to. I want to. Yeah. Right, so so two quick questions, and then I want to hear the new story. Uh, number one, there was a there was a couple of big sort of comedy things that have happened since uh, since last time you and I talked. Number one, Cat Williams on <laughs> Shannon Sharp. 
Amazing. Every comic I know loved the shit out of that thing. What were your thoughts on Cat on Channel? Amazing, Shark? amazing. Yeah. I love the honesty, and I love. It's like what we talked before we came on live. I love the inside baseball gossip. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I really, I, I mean, I, I didn't look how long it was. I just assumed it'd be like ninety minutes an hour, like most oh, podcasts. And then three the three hours. hour mark, I was like, "Oh shit, my night! I'm not doing anything tonight." And I'm, and I'm so glad there's still like another hour. So, yeah, uh, I always thought he was fucking hilarious. He, uh, I mean, that's just such a different style of like. I mean, there's black comedy, white, there's different kinds of comedy, and then his is just like, I just laugh at like, he just makes me laugh. I don't know if I'm ever like, where other comedians, I'll be like, God, that is such a great, that joke is written so far. Like, I think Neil right. Brennan writes like amazing genius, jokes. Genius, sure. Yeah. But then, like, to watch Cat, he just, <laughs> I could watch him just be a little leprechaun pimp. I mean, he just, <laughs> so, I mean, I was a fan anyway, but then to go to to get dirt, and not we we've gone away from LA like uh, I mean I said I don't like it when you shit on other comics but I don't like just like generic shitting on a comic like I would yeah. never just shit on Kevin Hart you know a lot of people are shitting on Burt now because he got so famous right. I don't like that but if Burt did so I, I like when you if you shit on somebody like oh no I'll tell you because specific you know, yeah in the old days you're not you're scared of like. Uh, you know, I, I did this the other day. It's my favorite new quote. It's it's maybe it's douchey, but I thought it was so fucking great. Is I was playing pickleball with this dude, and we we're playing another team, and I always talk shit, you know. Sure. And he's like, "Hey, man, be careful! Don't poke the bear." I was like, "Fuck that! We're the bear." <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> we're the fucking bear. <laughs> what do you mean? Poke the, we're the bear. And he's like, "Oh yeah, okay, I like it. Yeah." And I, it just came out because I'm just so good at talking shit. Like I don't if I could monetize that. I'd be rich, <laughs> but I, yeah. I mean, it really, it got him fired up and we won. Cause I was like, he's like, don't punk. We're the bear. What the fuck are you talking about? The, they yeah. worry about us. What do you mean? You know? So good. Well, and it's funny cause cat is such a fun, like he's a legend, like, and Grant, wow. maybe, maybe he's not as big today as he was, you know, a few years ago, but the dude's, the, the dude's a hall of famer by, by every metric. And I remember before I actually sat, because I'm with you, I like when I sat and listened to it, I listened to all of it. Yeah. And I heard people say, like, he's he's drunk, he's this, he's that. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, I heard a dude who's okay. clearly pretty smart. Like, yeah, he was drinking and, and maybe he was a little bit loose, but he didn't sound like, like he was completely blacked out and was going to regret everything. Like, he was a smart dude. He seemed to know exactly what he was saying. And I loved all of it. Yeah, I think he, I think he's really smart. I've seen other interviews where I, I was just impressed. I was like, oh, he, you know, he doesn't. That's not his stage persona. But I was like, oh, he. This is like he's well. I don't know if he read three hundred books a day or whatever he said, but uh, that seems like a lot. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty smart. But yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, I I can't. I'm sure that's the thing. You crush on a podcast like that, and he just shut it down. Mm -hmm. where you know everyone in the world i think rogan probably i think everyone probably reached out to him but he's like he's that just shows how smart he is to not saturate everything like maybe kevin hart he just mm -hmm. on everything cat just just dropped the mic and he's just chilling well and that's what i had said about chris rock too like after he got slapped by will smith he could have had anything he wanted he, you, what do you want to do? You want to, you want to get paid a billion dollars. You want to go on Oprah. You want to fucking go on any show. You want to write a book. Like, like he could have had anything he wanted, and all he did was sat on it, 
didn't give one fucking interview, didn't say one word about it, and then released his own special and fucking decimated Will Smith. And that, like, I have so much, like, I obviously already thought Chris Rock was one of the greatest to ever do it. But, like, when I saw him do that at the, like, the last 20 minutes of that special on Netflix, I was like, the dude's just the greatest. Like, yeah. that's fucking, that, that is incredible. He could have sold shirts with, like, a, like his face and Will Smith's hand, and he could have made a million dollars, and it wouldn't have mattered. He's like, I'm going to do this my way on my terms, and he, uh, and, and like, that, that's, that's it for me. Like, when, when you get to that level, that you can do that, like, that, that's, that's infinite respect for, for life for me. Um, you want to know, know a wild story yeah. that I'm not supposed to tell, but I'm going to tell you guys anyway, I don't care. Of course. Uh, Neil Brennan. So when I'm opening for Neil Brennan, I, I just think Neil Brennan's like the best, but he just doesn't, he, he was, he's nice to me, but you know, I, I'm good at bonding with, that's another thing. Like, uh, I'm, I crush in green rooms where comics are always like, dude, that's true. So in green rooms. <laughs> um, but I can never, I, I got as nice to him. Uh, like, and it's, it's like a hack joke to say, but as, as, as close as you can get to Neil as a white guy, <laughs> you know, he's been, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He goes, you want to see something? <laughs> Again, I'm, I probably shouldn't tell this, but he <laughs> goes, I'm friends with Will and I'm friends with Chris. And he, I, so I'm at, we're talking about it. He goes, you want to see something? I'll show you something. Don't, don't tell anybody or don't show me, but whatever. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, he gets a message. He wakes up the next morning after that happened and he has a text from Will Smith. The, the, night, the morning after he slapped Chris Rock and it just was a text that just said, it just said thoughts. <laughs> what? What kind of psycho? It just said thoughts. Yeah. What do you think? I, what do you think about then, this cool decision I made? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. And then I said, "What did you write back?" And then he goes, ah, "I'm not going to tell you that." And I was like, "You motherfucker!" Just. But I was like, "I want to know his thoughts." Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "You <laughs> just <laughs> the biggest fucking and you just wrote thoughts." And I was like, "It just That's he showed crazy. me the actual text. It just said thoughts with a question mark." I was like, "What the fuck?" That's wow. insane, dude. That's how fame. By the way, that's how famous Will Smith is. That yeah. he can assault a guy on TV on the biggest thing ever, and and just his next thing is like, let me reach out to a like a guy I know and ask what his thoughts on my oh, assault wow. were. Like that's a fucking and wild. Neil's, well, Neil's way better friends with Chris, so yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, he I again, Neil's Neil's smart because he knows I'll talk about it, even though he told me I'd talk about it. That's why. <laughs> that's why, why he didn't give you his response. Yeah. But I would love to know what happened, but uh, yeah, I that that I remember walking home that night like. That's so fucking what a psychopath that he just wrote thought yeah, like thoughts. like thoughts like what do you, what do you, and you mean, know thoughts? he and you know he probably sent that to like two dozen other people like he's like let me do a quick focus group let me let me run a quick poll on what everybody thinks about me assaulting a guy on TV is uh, he, to his wife <laughs> that's for sure I uh, all right the second thing is uh, and this one hits a little closer to home. Joe Coy hosted the Go- the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Now, I I've met Joe a couple times. You probably know him a little bit better than me cuz he's got Vegas roots. Um, but uh, you know, he's a guy that kind of like skyrocketed. He uh, you know, I don't know if he started in Vegas, but I know he kind of worked his way up in Vegas. When I first moved here, he was still kind of on his, you know, bouncing his way up and I I crossed paths with him a couple a couple of times, but he also the Golden Globes, which was a huge step up for him. He's obviously had Netflix specials. He's a known dude, but he's never been on the national stage like that. From what I understand, like he found out he was hosting like literally 10 days before the Globes shot. 
you know, there were already writers like feeding him all these jokes. And then he got shit on so hard. I, uh, first of all, I watched the Golden Globes. I don't understand what he did that made anybody mad. Like, it seemed like a fairly, like, middle-of-the-road deal to me. But as a guy who knows him a little bit better than I do, I kind of want to know what your thoughts on that whole thing were. Just super sweet guy, super uh, works his ass off. Uh, I'm not close to him. I've met him a couple times, but I just know he's one of those guys, does a lot of nice shit for comics, uh, yeah. and but doesn't publicize it. Uh, never heard anybody say a bad thing about him. I, uh, I know he did... God, I, I don't know. He did something like super, like, I can't remember what it was, but I think he gave someone like 50, 60,000. Like, he's, I know he's, like, a lot of these big comics, I will say that they're rich and they uh, they do nice stuff, but they don't want to talk about it. So I uh, I think it's just that thing. I mean, he all he does is get saying ovations all across the world. So yeah. he didn't think he was going to do bad, but he right. just, you know, and he took one for all of us because, there's not a motherfucker in the world that's going to take that job. No one no. wants it's a shit job anyway. Ricky Gervais. And by the way, yeah, and he didn't do bad. Like he no, didn't no, even no. do that bad. Like they're just shitty. Like the the degree to which people had rage over him hosting. Like it wasn't even that bad. Not one no, thing that was, anybody complained about was a real it, thing. It was one thing. If Taylor smiles at that joke, none of this happens. You're probably right. It's, it was all Taylor, and I don't think she meant to do it, it's, but she didn't know jokes. It wasn't a bad it was. It was just like... It, it was, was offensive, like, yeah. It was like Chris Rock's joke was just like a throwaway line. People, mm-hmm. I don't think he... I think he just said that off the cup because it was like Sinead O'Connor or G.I. Jane. There's only... As a comic, that's it. There's no other bald chicks. He was going to yeah. sit one of those two. Like, it was right. just... He didn't know about pro Like, it was a... People are like, who you think he wrote that? You think it was scripted? I go... I think that was just a fucking throwaway line. It wasn't even that good. It wasn't even that funny of a line or hurtful. All right, listen, let's, we're, we're running up uh, uh, on the end of the show. Will, will you will you share will you share the the brand new story you've been doing on stage with us? Would would you yeah, mind? I don't know. It's, it's hard to do. Uh, if okay. you can, if that, um, no. Tell me. Well, it it it's just gonna be weird to do it like this. I'll just give you the premise of it. Okay. Uh, I don't. I, it's just I don't want it to. I just don't think it'll sound as good if I do it. Because the key, want to, yeah, I get the key it. to the joke is so, um, so I was doing LA Comedy Club, and then you know LA Comedy Club. They I love LA Comedy Club. It's first that's the home club in the beginning, but they do mm-hmm. random shows afterwards. So after the show, there was a speaky. There was like a deaf poetry jam. So I was sitting okay. with the owner Matt Chavez, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I told him all week, I was like, man, I'm gonna start fucking with black chicks again. I want to date. I want to date black chicks. So I used to date a black girl, and I was like. It was kind of like a joke, but kind of like, so then I was like, so then the deaf poetry jam starts and the first girl goes on stage and I'm like, yo, this is it. This is my girl right here. Right. <laughs> and then she, she does a, she does a poem just about hating white people. And I look at it like, oh, I'm the same, you know? So in my bit, so in my bit, I go, uh, I, I just don't think it's going to translate that good. So anyway, he goes, do you think you could just go up there and read country music lyrics and they wouldn't know? That's hilarious. So the bit is, so then I set the bit up. I go, Hey, I'm going to start dating black girls. People get so, I, I yelled at, I did Valentine's day. I was like, you guys are a bunch of bitches. You guys are fucking losers. Cause if you just say black people freak out. 
You're right. Tell That's them. True. I go, Let me take you to a black show. They just shit on white people the whole fucking show. The whole true. show. Mm-hmm. So I set it up. I go, I go to step poetry jam. Here, I'll, I'll just do it. So I go to this. So I, I said I want to date black girls. My whole life, I dated black or white girls. I've, I switch every two years, usually. <laughs> kind of like the Olympics, I say. I like, you know, like winter Olympics, <laughs> white chicks, obviously, some Olympics, black chicks. Uh, yeah. So I go, but I live in I live in Denver, Colorado, and it's hard to meet beautiful black women in Denver, you know. Beautiful black women, they don't want to canoe and mountain bike and shred the slopes, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so tired of meeting these basic white bitches that just talk about their icon ski pass. I'm like, I want to grow the epic fat ass is what I want. And they start yeah. to get on board there. I go, so I was like, I got to get creative. Where do I meet black women? So I was like, I got to go to a deaf poetry jam. So I call up my buddy, Matt. I go, Hey, come with me to this deaf poetry jam. I'm going to meet my future baby mama. So he's like, mm-hmm. all right. So we go to the deaf poetry jam. We walk in, there's like 14, 15, just beautiful black women. I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is my spot. Right. So then the first poet goes on stage, beautiful black girl. Looks like Janet Jackson. I look at Matt. I'm like, this is it. This is her. Right. So she grabs a microphone and she just goes, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Queen Force P, and my words are my gift, and I'm here to give this gift to you. <laughs> and then I said, look at my boy Matt, I'm like, this is it, that's my girl, right? <laughs> then I go, I don't remember how the whole poem goes, but I just remember the start of the poem, she just goes like this, she just goes, tonight is the night, we make things right, and I'm done with these fucking whites. And then I just make a face, and I look, I go, and I look at my boy, I go, I don't, I don't think this is my girl, I don't think this is my girl, right? <laughs> So then I go, we start to panic. We're like, we should get the fuck out of here. But right. as we're gathering our stuff, these two beautiful black women come over. And they're like, hey, hey, don't leave. Don't worry about Queen Force P. Her name's Paulette. <laughs> she works at the post office. She just had, like, a bad day. So they're, so they're just like, stay and watch the show. But then one of the black girls just asks us, she goes, what are you guys even doing here? I was like, oh, shit, I can't tell the truth. I can't right. be like, I'm here with black pussy. So then I go, my friend Matt just panics, and he just looks at me, and he looks at them, and he goes, oh, he wants to do a poem. And the black girls look at me, and they go, oh, you're going to do a poem? And I'm like, oh, no, you know, I'm a comedian. I don't really do poetry. And then the other black girl just goes, what, are you scared? And then my dickhead friend's like, yeah, Brant, are you scared? And then the beautiful (laughs) black girl just gently slides her hand across my hand, and she's like, you're not scared, are you, baby? And I'm like, no, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. But in my head, I'm freaking out because I don't know any poems. You know, I'm like, do any of my jokes rhyme? Like, what the fuck am I going to do, right? Right. right. <laughs> so I go sign up for the Deaf Poetry Jam. I come back to my seat. The show goes on. It's just black, 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 black. Then me. I'm the first white poet of the night. <laughs> they call me up. I'm walking to the stage. I can feel the tension in the room just changing. Everybody's just looking at me like, what the fuck's this corny white boy going to do, right? And I didn't know what to do. Cause I've never, you know, I've never wrote a poem in my life, but I, I think it's like that flight or fight moment, you know? So I just grab the microphone. I take a deep breath and I just say, I just go, you know, a dream is like a river ever changing <laughs> as it flows. And the dream is just a vessel that must follow where it goes. Trying to learn from what's behind it. But never knowing what's in store makes each day a constant battle just to stay between the shores. I go, I nailed it, right? I go, these black women are looking at me like I'm fucking Shakespeare. I look to the back of the room. I see my buddy Matt just laughing, shaking his head. Because he knows I didn't write that poem. There's a famous (laughs) song called The River by Garth Brooks. Right. Right. These black chicks listen to Garth Brooks. So for the rest of the summer, I just went from Deaf Poetry Jam to Deaf Poetry Jam, (laughs) slowly reading country music lyrics. And I've never fucked so many hot black chicks in my life. That's brilliant. So especially with white people, when they – 
by the, by the second line of the Gar song, they just start doing like you. They're just like, oh my god, yeah, that's so good. It hits so fucking hard, and it, and then you know, so it's it, it stemmed from. So people are like, did you actually do that? I go, fuck no, that's a crazy idea. We, yeah. <laughs> we thought of it, but then when Matt said it to me in the back of the room, he was like, you should do. And then we and then luckily, I just nailed the river. The that was the first country. It that's been any the right country. one. Yeah, you you got the exact right one. It couldn't be. You could. That's one yeah. of those weird things when you're a comic. Like you, you don't realize it. Like. You couldn't have picked like fucking, you know, no. Willie Nelson. You're always on my mind or yeah. on the road again. Like you can't pick a super popular one, but you can't. It can't be too obscure. Like you fucking hit that middle so perfect. So it just hit perfect. And the crazy thing was, we just laughed about it that night. We were just giggling. Fucking me and Matt couldn't stop laughing. And yeah. then the same thing with that diarrhea. I have that diarrhea story that I or the shit my pants went about my fiance. But I was just bombing at this show. And I just said, fuck it, man. I'm going to just try this country music thing. And then yeah. and then it worked. It worked with no – it worked the first time just off the top of the head, no, That's like, punch-up or anything. Amazing. And then That's I was nice. like – and you know how it is. Then you're driving home like, oh, we got a motherfucking – Yeah, die. this is it. My whole career is about to be yeah. made. Yeah, I it hear is. you. I've been but even there. like that, that bit has crushed so good, except for Valentine's Day, of course. But like <laughs> in Vegas, when you have like a mixed crowd, yeah. These white people still get a little weird, but I'm like, um, when it hits, oh, man, does it hit. So, I mean, I'll film. So Ari's coming, and Ari has real comedy fans. Mm-hmm. So Ari's coming to do two weeks of sold-out shows here. So then I'm going to ask for as many as I can. Then I'm going to tape them all, and then I'm going to clip like that. And then I have I have some other new shit I've been doing. And then, um, you know, I mean, like that bit, it's hard to do in front of you guys. And you guys are good sports to to laugh. That's no, good. It's um, so good. I think if I get the right audience and I hit it right, I mean that's something that could. Again, then I can play to Tom. I go because Tom has his Garth Brooks beef, so I can oh, say so hey, good. Yeah, Tom, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, mad at me too. You want to come on the podcast? You know, so I'm one fucking. I'm, I'm one. Who? I'm one text away. Like I could send that. I mean, I could text him right now and just ask him too, but that's, Andrew's like, just call him and ask him. But yeah. it just doesn't work like that, unfortunately. No, I mean, you're, I mean, you're right. Like, you, it's already got to have a little heat behind you're right. it. Like, yeah, yeah. You're doing, you're doing the right things. For, uh, Brant, you're, 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 you're a fucking treasure. Thank you for always being so good Ollie, to me. Anytime, even, when, even when you've, uh, even when you've uh, you know, exploded way past us. Everybody, uh, I mean, I know most of our fans are already your fans, but if, if you're not, get them on social media. Let's watch that new special. Let's blow yeah, it just, up. Like, remember. Can, go subscribe. Yeah. Just go, go subscribe, ahead. please, to my YouTube, just Brand Tober Comedy. Yeah, Brand Tober Comedy. Subscribe to the YouTube today. The special is going to be coming out soon. Uh, let's blow them up. Believe me, listen, the, even if this guy, I, I know, I listen, I, I, I don't know a lot about uh, entertainment business or Hollywood folk. But I know that when Brant explodes and he's a huge person, he will still come on and he uh, will still be, he will so, still do our show because we were the first. 100%. And uh, and uh, it's the only it's the only person I can po- point to that would actually do that. So please, <laughs> helping him helps me. So please, let's blow this guy up. He's right there. Yeah. You're I, I I and I agree with you, dude. You're right there. You, it's it's your one opportunity away. You you've made the rest of you've made the what I always say is like you get these guys and I'm not picking on Matt Rife. I don't know the guy, uh, but I, he's a guy that like he exploded because of, you know, the, his, his, both his looks and his crowd work and stuff like that. And then when he actually got the opportunity 
to like go out there and showcase his material, it wasn't as strong as yeah. as as everything else. You're the dude, like you're the guy that's done it the the right way, in my personal opinion, right? Like you're bulletproof. You you've got the material, you've got the time, you've got the experience. What you need now is the opportunity. You didn't get the opportunity at the beginning. You got it at the end. So when you fucking get it, it's going to be undeniable. Yes. So let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. And I know you have like a show in 45 minutes, so I'm trying to pump you up, but also I believe it. So uh, let's, uh, let's, sorry, Tony, if I'm getting too close to the mic, I apologize. I'll back it off. And let's just (laughs) say uh, we love Brant. Thank you so much for your time, man. Thanks for the stories. Yeah. Uh, and, Anytime, uh, and, man. I love you guys. I always enjoy talking to you. It's good seeing you. We got to catch up in person. Um, uh, but always, anytime, you know that I, I will get on with you guys anytime. Would love to. Tony, any parting words? Sorry, got nothing else. today. I, I spoke about three words. That's the way. That's actually we'll do it what, again next time. Yeah, the, the fans, the fans have been asking for that, so you nailed it as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, I should right, have spoke uh, more just to piss them off. Fuck them. <laughs> that's next it, everybody. Time. We'll interview you. All right, guys. I love you guys. I got to run. Thank I love you. you too. Take See care. You, you did great. I appreciate you. Bye. All right. That, that'll do it, everybody. Fucking Brant, dude. Like every time. You, we've talked to him so many times, and he's been so generous with us. And he's he's told us shit that he shouldn't, and he's told us stuff before. Like every story he told on like that Comedy Central Storytellers thing, we already knew. Like he shared with us. Uh, he's, uh, he's just the best. And... Um, and like I said, we can't point to a lot of people that are ours, but like he, he never, he has never forgotten us, even though we forgot us for a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, All right, listen, we're going to be back. We're going to be back next week uh, with Phobes. Going to be oh, a bit boy. of a letdown. And, um, uh, and I, and I think that's it. Uh, Tony, any, any last words before we go? <laughs> no, let's not ruin a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? You this actually might be the best episode you've ever done. You killed it this episode. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good night. Bye.